Hi, James. Ben, how are you? Not great, <laughs> to be honest. I was going to say Happy New Year, but yeah, I personally am doing very well. This is like a a. I mean, this is the story of the past forever, right? I personally am doing quite well. I'm having a great day. Uh, you know, woke up, had a good night's sleep, got a lot, a lot of work done this morning. Mm. Am feeling good about mm-hmm. as far as energy speaking, as far as writing this afternoon. Yep. Just the actual what I'm going to write and the 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 circumstances of the world in which I'm going to write it uh, is not great. That feels like a recurring theme sitting from your uh, perch in Taiwan over the past 12 months. Oh, let's not talk about that. It makes, it, <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> so we are emergency podcasting, although we're due for one. I think we missed December. Yeah. Uh, in the context of it, – it's weird because I, I think there's been a desire to – at least on my part, to avoid hyperbole in part mm. because the reason you don't want to be hyperbolic in your statements or overstate anything is because then when the time truly comes, when it's appropriate to be hyperbolic, mm. then you, you've wasted it, right? You've wasted sort of the impact. And I think that the idea, though, of saving hyperbole and saving mm. sort of grand statements is for days like today, like where bad things are happening that are our big problem. And I think that uh, I'd love to talk to you, not just about what's going on, but also what I, what I think I'm going to write today and, and get your mm. sort of take on that. Yeah. That I, I, I sympathize with the hyperbole. I, um, it actually reminds me of, of a conversation we had previously when you were like, be specific around your words when talking about, uh, Facebook and like make money selling user data. And it's like uh, that lesson stuck with me. And I I think it's right because when it does time come time to actually get specific and yeah, like you said, get hyperbolic, 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 uh, hyperbolic. who knows? Don't ask me yeah. how to pronounce anything. <laughs> you've got it. You've 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 held it in reserve for when you need it. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to have a conversation like that. Let's do it. So for those listening, this podcast will probably come out on Friday morning U.S. time. We are recording on Wednesday night U.S. time. Uh, I am about to write uh, what I'm going to post on Thursday morning U.S. time. So you're going to read what I write before you listen to this, but we are mm. talking before I write it. So just the, just to get sort of the timeline here. Uh, yeah. And and it was funny because you actually pinged me and I was in the middle of a call. I was thinking like, I'm like, I need, I, I need to ping you in part, like just to, just to talk this through. And I think the yep. way we're, we're referring to obviously what's happening in the U.S. Capitol where uh, a rioters mob, uh, stormed the U.S. Capitol and were basically egged on by the president of the United States, who is seeking to overturn the results of an election that he lost. Mm. I want to go back, actually, to it's interesting we talk about the, the sort of language and hyperbole and whatnot. And mm. I want to go back to 2016 because, you know, when this was in December of 2016 and, you know, Donald Trump had just been elected president. He was president elect. And as president elects do, he was holding, you know, transition meetings, naming cabinet members, et cetera. And sort of to our point, there was a lot of people that were, you know, for again, for for reasons that we can understand, we're, we're flipping out about this. And you do you remember when there was going to be that big sort of roundtable with like tech leaders? Yeah. And there was a lot of a lot of talk and chatter that all these tech leaders should refuse to go to this meeting. And I can definitely imagine folks who were arguing at the time that those tech leaders should refuse to go to the meeting saying, pointing to what happened today and say, that's why you should refuse to go to that meeting. I at the time said they should, and I stand by that. And I think I would love to talk through that first because I think it helps give context to where my head is today. And I want to see if that makes sense to you. If it makes sense to you, then hopefully it'll make sense to my readers and our listeners. Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. Um, my initial reaction is it does make sense to me. Like, I mean, and this has almost been a recurring theme over the past four years in that it's an imposition of people's uh, one person has a point of view and they want to impose that on the world and and they want to impose it on social media companies and Twitter or Facebook. They should just be censoring the president. And, ha- and your point has been, 
hang on, this guy got elected president. And especially back at the start, 2016, this guy's got elected president. Now, it's one thing to introduce a cost or to react to something he did that's undemocratic. But at that point, just outright refusing to do it doesn't strike me as, as a reasonable thing to do in a democracy. That's exactly right. There, there's, a, there's a phrase that I use that is widely used. This isn't uh, you know, original to me, but is this idea that elections have consequences. Mm. And the reality is, is that Trump won in 2016. He did. Mm-hmm. And given that he won for a private tech company leader to sort of unilaterally say, no, I'm not going to go meet with the president of the United States, uh, who, who, according to the law and according to the rules, won the election of the country that has all the rules and, and the, the, the groundwork and the foundation that makes my entire business possible and makes it possible for me to have rivers of prominence. To me, it is, it, it's a big problem. It, it is a wrong way to think about the issue. And, and so, there was a sort of framework that I came up with at the time of this meeting when people were saying, don't go meet with him. I'm like, well, he, you know, he won the election. Like, it's kind of like if you're a leader of a big tech company, the president mm. invites you to meet, you should like just leave aside who the president was at any other time in history. It'd be, of course, you go meet with the president. It doesn't matter if you voted for him or not. Like right. at some point you move past the partisanship and you meet with the president. If the president, you know, requests to meet with you. And I, I'm like the way to think about this, uh, to make these decisions is you, is you need to have a, a sort of a pecking order, like a, a priority stack. <laughs> we already mm-hmm. have a word for it, a priority stack. And this is the priority stack I put forward in 2016. Number one, Liberalism is inviolable, the, the, meaning that you, like retaining freedom, whether it be freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of uh, assembly, like that is that is top of the list. Mm-hmm. And number two, democracy must be respected. Uh, you know, if someone wins an election, they won the election. Even if you disagree with them, don't like them, abhor everything they stand for. It, it, like if you are going to live in a democracy. Democracy doesn't just mean winning. It also means losing. And it means losing and accepting the results. Gracefully. Totally. That's right. Well, even ungracefully, but you still accept it, right? Mm. And then number three, bad policy should be opposed. And my point in that article is that the the reason people were arguing that tech leaders should not go meet with Trump was because of number three. Because they disagreed with Trump's policies, they disagreed with his rhetoric, and this is a very broad category to be clear. But like, mm-hmm. basically, the fact of the matter is, two, he won the election, and number one, we're, we weren't dealing with a situation where there was fundamental liberties being violated. It was an issue like, like, take the immigration thing. You know, we are we're both immigrants, like we're both very pro-immigration. You did not, do, you know, agree with the president or the, at that time the president-elect stance on immigration, but. Immigration is a political question, and the fact that he had a political position Mm -hmm. on immigration that tech leaders may have disagreed with is not sufficient grounds to disagree given the fact that he won the election. Is that is that all making sense? Uh, yeah, I mean, not sufficient grounds to disagree to meet with him. I think they still reserve the right to disagree with his stance. Absolutely, and they should. They should go there and clarifying what you said. Um, But no, no, I, I think. Uh, it's interesting in your pecking order, uh, definitely, I agree with three. The order of one and two, I'd probably want to spend some more time personally thinking about it, but I don't think it like creating a distinction between us over that is so important right now. What is absolutely right is one and two come first, and then you get a position on three afterwards and not meeting with the president over the fact you disagree with him, short of it being something where it's it's like a, a gross violation. I'm yeah, it would take a gross violation of number one or number two before you would start say, no, sorry, I'm I'm you're not legitimate anymore. I'm not gonna meet with you. So it's interesting you bring up one and two actually. Mm. You you tried to set it aside, but I actually think it is an interesting point, particularly if you go back, let's fast forward a few years to this summer, right? Twenty twenty. And there was a lot of debate this summer about mm. whether or not Twitter and Facebook should, you know, remove Trump tweets or remove him from the platform. I think the mm-hmm. real flashpoint was the uh, what was it? The looting starts. The the the, the violence when the starts. Looting, uh, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. That's <laughs> which right. Is in, yes. In contrast to what uh, the president was saying today about uh, how. Uh, 
go home, we love you, you're very special, I know how you feel, to the people who were looting the Capitol building of the United States. Yeah, boy, can't imagine uh, what the difference was there. Yeah, right. But it's but in that point, I, I said that they should leave it up. And this was more a matter of really putting number one, it was kind of both, honestly. Uh, you're right, maybe I did put number two, maybe the democracy one was on top, because I think that the core was like, look, it's the president, right? And right. It, part of it was, you know, all the, like, <laughs> I wrote about this New York Times article that was complaining about Facebook keeping it up, and they quoted the tweet and the Facebook post in the article. It's like, wait, you, you're, if this should be taken down, why are you right. reposting it, right? And there was some aspect of, it, it felt like, it felt like people wanted it to be taken down as a political statement, not uh, not as an like just to show that we disapprove of this. Yeah. And to me, I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more number two than number one, to be honest. It, it was this idea that, look, he's the president, like he won the election. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean just because he's espousing terrible things that you get to unilaterally as a private corporation and a private CEO decide what the president does or does not say. Totally. Uh, my my opinion on number one versus number two was actually informed in a conversation we had way back in, I think it was 2017, around when, when we talked about prioritizing economics, crippling the American e- economy. And this notion, uh, there was a, there's a Harvard professor, David Moss, who went back through all of Congress's debates and looked at how they changed over the 20th century and noticed that around after World War II, it started to switch from Congress talking about what's best for democracy and switching to what's best for economics and or, or what would get the best economic outcome. And uh, it started, it, that, that, that crystallized in my head that you want a liberal democracy to work well. The number one priority needs to be democracy, not other things. It's democracy and everything else that we have flows out of that. So that's number one. So we 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 established this priority stack. We slightly edited it, but that's the priority stack that I personally have been operating under during mm. the Trump presidency when thinking about sort of censoring his speech, particularly on social media, et cetera, et cetera. Is sort of like so you know, we switched it. Number one, democracy must be respected. Number two, liberalism is viable. Number three, bad policy should be opposed. I think there's always a temptation. What's what's very difficult is you want everyone wants to have sort of rules, right? Particularly when it comes to these really thorny questions, and you see this so much with Twitter and Facebook in particular, right? You, so you go back to Twitter and like that New York Post thing in the election, and they try to point to, oh, well, it's because we have this rule about mm. propagating, you know, stolen information, and then they're like, oh, well, we changed our rule, and once we changed our rule, we put it back up, and it's yep. so much. BS, because mm-hmm. what clearly happened was they felt it should be taken down, so they took it down, and then they felt it should be put back up, so they put it back up, right? And there's like ex post facto rule creation to justify what at the end of the day are subjective decisions. And you see this again and again. This happened yeah. with Facebook today, where where just today, Facebook is like, you know, it look, turns out that Trump violated our, our rules, mm-hmm. so his, his account's going to be suspended or whatever. It's like, well... What it was actually, you know, like you felt that he crossed the line and mm-hmm. you're saying it was because of your rules, but actually this is a subjective interpretation. And there's some aspect where we just need to be, you know, you can understand the desire for rules because these are all such difficult, thorny questions. And you say, look, we wrote it down. That's the way it goes. That just, it, 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 it it's an exculpation of responsibility and accountability, which is very attractive because these rules will really make people angry and upset. And so to be able to point to the rule book and sort of ignore the fact that you wrote the rule book yeah. <laughs> and also you get to decide what applies to the rule book. And, and, and you're so writing it after too, right? It's not just you're writing <laughs> right. the rule book. You're waiting until you don't like something and then you're pretending like the rule was there all along. Like uh, <laughs> it would make it personally really hard to work at one of these places because it doesn't feel like it's principled. It feels like they're hiding behind principles to justify whatever it is they want to do or worse yet, responding to mob pressure, whether it's mob pressure on the outside, like, and the amount of pressure they must, they get is phenomenal or even mob pressure on the inside where it's like, uh, employees just saying, we don't like this. We're going to quit if you don't do something about it. And to be fair, that's not going to be an easy 
position for an executive or, or, or a founder or whoever it is trying to navigate all of this. But I just, I don't think personally I, I could handle it because it doesn't feel principled. Well, I think that that's the word, right? The, the, the problem is you want to have principles, but these companies have substituted policies for principles. Mm. And there's a there's a difference there. Like a, a, a the thing with a principle, like we talk about, it, it's like your priority stack, right? It's in order. And the reason why thinking about it as a priority stack is helpful is mm-hmm. because you know when to violate two and three because mm-hmm. one is at stake, right? Or if one's not at stake and two's not at stake, then you can follow principle number three. Right. And you have a you have a roadmap for violating principles. Like that's that's what you need, right? Cuz you can't hold all principles at once. That's why you put them in order. Whereas if you have a, a policies, then you have like 10 rules and there's no like ranking mechanism. It's just a bunch of like words on a paper that you follow a script that a robot mm. could follow. Like that one you can pick and choose which ones to follow and and that's where you get this that's where you get the sense of no principles because right. the the choosing is arbitrary. And and I think that's what you see that that's the sense you get today like where twitter and like facebook oh now it's bad it's like well okay what part of these rules were not followed before like i mean when, right. when, we talked this when twitter first started labeling trump it's like oh this is this is uh a misstatement or misinformation right. and everyone pointed to like a bunch of like chinese tweets about right. the virus what about like, them well where's the label here right yeah and that's what happens when you when you start getting into policy I, and and away from principle I, I, well, yeah. I, did you notice how? It, did you notice how it feels like they got more aggressive since it became clear that Trump lost the election as well? He's still president, but the feeling like he's going to exert less authority makes it makes it feel like that these either they're more emboldened to follow through what they believed all along, or they're reading the tea leaves and they're like, "Ah, this guy is not long for this world. I'm just gonna I'm gonna do what I want and kind of placate the incoming administration." Is that just me, or do you get that sense as well? Well, I get that sense, and I think actually that's a beautiful segue to I think the third point that I wanted to make, which is. I feel genuinely like not what's the word genuinely uh, sympathetic for Jack Dorsey and Mark Zuckerberg. Trump is so abnormal. Like, like we talk and abnormal in the, in the like precise meaning of the word, the mm. norms of the presidency. He does not follow he, he, the norms of like a normal functioning human. He appears to not follow. <laughs> right. And, and it's, it's difficult because, and this gets into the policy versus principle thing. I think one of the areas, I mean, this is where I'm going to get on my sort of soapbox and high horse. Mm. And the areas where I think society's gone wrong <laughs> is there at some point we crossed the line where right and wrong got conflated with legal or illegal. Yes. There's things you can do that are wrong that are not illegal and they shouldn't be illegal because a society can't function if you try to make laws and rules about everything because mm-hmm. the laws and rules about everything are going to have unintended consequences you're going to have all these other impacts right and so this is the flip side to the stuff we talk I talked about this week in my article about opportunity cost right you you want to minimally restrict your spa- your opportunity space so you can take advantage of opportunities that come along but there's a level of responsibility and accountability that comes with that, which is having some sort of moral compass where, where like you're not going to do that thing, even though you technically could, mm. because it's the wrong thing to do. And I think wall street is bled the way on this, right. For, for the last 30 years, finding every single loophole yeah. and using it to make money. And then, and then we have to pass another law to, to, to sort of cut off the loophole. And then they mm. complain about all the red tape they have to deal with. It's like, well, you know what? If you would act like decent human beings or not do certain things because they weren't because they're wrong, then there'd be less red tape. And, and yeah. there's there's a give and take here that I think is very easy based on your preferred policy outcomes to choose one or the other and focus on that. But actually, you need both. That makes a ton of sense to me. I, I, I um, and maybe we'll get into this later on. I kind of see that as well right now with uh, doing business in China. And there are some things where, sh- sure, you're probably complying with the law, but it doesn't feel like you're doing the right thing um, with yeah, a bunch of businesses. It's uh, a societal. I mean, it's it's a societal problem, frankly. And you know, and you see this with tech companies. I think the classic example is all the tax schemes that they run, right? Mm, to like, yeah, shuttle profits there, do things there, and their actual tax rate ends up way lower than anyone else. Technically, is that legal? 
I guess so. Is it the right thing to do? No, it's not. Like, what else do I want me to say? It's not. And, and, and the reason I bring this up is because if you're going to operate a, a, an internet platform or you're going to have this place where people can post whatever they want, I think it's to a certain extent reasonable for to build rules and to build expectations where you don't need the CEO involved on a daily basis deciding whether the president of the United States can leave or a tweet up or not because the president of the United States is not tweeting like a fucking moron. And and the fact that they've had to deal with this, it, again, it's very easy to get mad at them and say bad Twitter and Facebook and say they should do better. Again, they should have never been in this position to start out with. That's the real core problem here. But I mean, isn't I, I I agree with that? But isn't this a problem of their own making? And while it would not have been popular if they had not articulated, kind of. I think what we've both just said, which is, guys, you might not like this person. I might not like this person, uh, but he was democratically elected president of the United States. It's not on us to do this. Like, I, I mean, it, it, it the, the place in the stack in which you interfere ends up becoming really important. And if you're operating as a business inside of a society and you have a democratically elected leader, there are mechanisms for putting Trump in his place. If he needs to be put in his place, it's on those institutions to kick in. It's not up to me, Mr. Undemocratically elected tech CEO sitting in San Francisco to decide what flies and what doesn't fly. So another brilliant segue, by the way, <laughs> we are mind melding right now, which is good. Mm. It, makes, it makes me feel better about where I'm going. That we, We're clearly sort of uh, inadvertently on the same page. So I wrote in 2019, in the context of uh, your employer, uh, mm. Cloudflare, a framework mm-hmm. for moderation. And the, the question was... How do you like where where is the right place to to sort of moderate on the Internet? Because mm. there is like we do. It sounds cliche, but we do have China as a counterexample right. where you can moderate everything. Right. Yep. And and I, for one, don't want to go there. I tried to articulate this week why you don't want to go there. The way we're going to compete with China in the long run is through more openness, more discussion, more debate, yeah. more experimentation, not sort of top-down dictate. And besides, we don't have the guts to do it for real anyway, right? Mm-hmm. If we did, we wouldn't have a pandemic because it turns out authoritarianism is occasionally useful. Mm. So my idea here in the framework for, for, for sort of moderation is that moderation should occur at the level at which sort of the bad thing is happening, which means that, for example, and this came up in the context of Twitter in that New York Post article, the New York Post is responsible for the New York Post publishes. Twitter being down the stack is out of line trying to moderate that, whereas Twitter is responsible for stuff on Twitter. Right. And the the reason to have this principle is because you can follow through the stack of the Internet. Right. We don't want ISPs deciding what people write on websites on that ISP. That gets in a very like, frankly, Australia's messing around with that. That's a bad place to be because you are people are taking responsibility for stuff they're very far removed from. And you're going to end up not just with overt sort of government censorship, but self-censorship where stuff just is never going to come out because people are going to be too scared of sort of breaking the law. And so the principle that I established there was at the level of the harm is where the moderation needs to occur. And if you're further down the stack, even if you believe there's harm further up the stack, it's not your place to do it because the trade-off is too great. I mean, your point around people being afraid is is really, really important. And again, we have a very living example of that when COVID-19 emerged in, in Wuhan, uh, there were a whole bunch of doctors that were just terrified about saying anything because, and, and they did, and they talked about it privately, and then they got hauled off, and it, it suppressed critical information for an extended period of time. The point in the stack is absolutely right. Like, 
like no one would reasonably argue that someone says something that you don't like and therefore we're going to cut off electricity to those people like like uh, like the electricity company gets in the business of deciding what's okay and what's not but that's what's happened right when you're, when you're pursuing domain registers and saying oh unregister this domain what it's it's way too far down the stack it's a bad place to be Totally, I, I'm I'm giving the exaggerated example to. Prove yeah, sorry, your I, point. I just I just I just I just completely stole you, your you point. You jumped. I can, yeah, 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 I no, can you, see now you were going there, and I'm like, I'm going to beat you. <laughs> right, yeah, you, you absolutely did. You don't want the USPS opening people's mail to figure this out. Now, I guess, uh, and and for the same reason, you don't want Twitter or Facebook doing this to post. Now, I guess the one example is that there is there are two aspects to these social. Um, there are two aspects to these social media companies. One is as a place to write and express free speech, but they do also have an algorithmic editorial bring a broad audience type thing. I am more okay if they decide to tamp down on the amplification of some of these things they f- find uncomfortable. In fact, that seems to be a reasonably, that, that might be a pretty good place for them to play. Absolutely. I, I, I actually fully endorse that. I think they, they can absolutely control what they, the, what they, what they sort of uh, project, not project, yes. uh, expand or what's the word? Yeah. Amplify. Thank you. They, they can control the amplify. I do think there should be more transparency about this. Every yes. time they make an amplification decision, they should post yes. it. But yep. I think that like, cause that's, but if you think about the stack analogy, that's at their level of the stack. Yes, the amplification correct. is at their level. The actual posting of a website is not at their level. And so in this case, I think with, with, again, let's leave aside the, the New York Post story, the, the mm. veracity of it, which let's take a generic. Now let's talk about the, uh, the San Francisco, uh, journal, right? Okay. <laughs> Just mm. so mm. no, no one gets worked up about this. San Francisco journal posts an article. Facebook decides not to amplify it. Twitter decides to ban all links to it. I think Facebook in that scenario handled it correctly yes. and and Twitter did not because Facebook was operating at their level of the stack, which is amplification, and choosing not to amplify it. Good. They let it exist, right? Twitter reached too far up the stack. Agreed. And, and I feel like this principle also works pretty well with the US president like you shouldn't be censoring him like uh, 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 cl- claims of censorship uh, and censoring the president uh, that that's not your job you should not be doing that if someone needs to censure the president there's there's a congress there's that, that is the role that there are democratic institutions designed to do that that is not one person's job but at the same time you have a platform and an audience you you have no responsibility to amplify what he's saying if you want to turn that off go for it well that's interesting because i i do i start to get a little more nervous about that again, because you're getting mm. into the the idea where they're dis- they're not amplifying the president again, just in general sense, because of disagreement about policy, as opposed to, and, and it's it's getting into the fact where you you are starting to, he is the president, and why should he get less capabilities than someone else just because you disagree with him? But 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 I think there's a broader point, which is the president posting on Facebook and on Twitter. Is at the end of the day, Facebook and Twitter's responsibility, like, like, because it's at their level of the stack. And so, it, it, like, I actually jumped ahead. We're debating the right thing now, which mm. is what should they do when the we'll focus on Twitter because that's the obvious platform. What should Twitter do when the president tweets? It is Twitter's responsibility. It's not the ISP's responsibility. It's not you know whatever Google's Google on the back end. I think for Twitter, whatever, it's not their responsibility. It's Twitter's responsibility. So we, we've set up all these we, – we've walked through all these situations that sort of like have unfolded over the Trump presidency and, and mm. we had a chance to, to write about. And so you know, you start with this idea that Twitter is – Twitter is probably you – know, is Twitter the right place to sort of censure the president? And actually, you just made the good point that no, like that's Congress's job, right? And Congress had an opportunity – last year and they ultimately chose not to mm-hmm. and also the cabinet is the 25th amendment has has the opportunity and is that twitter's role well it's not twitter's role to sort of decide who is the president who's not the president it is their role to control what's on their platform and what's not so they do have some degree of sort of responsibility for the words of the president even though they're not responsible for the president and then we step back to our prior discussion in that situation 
they should probably not interfere again because he's the president, right? Mm. And if you go back to that priority stack and democracy is at the top, respecting democracy comes in front of sort of bad policies should be opposed. Or again, bad policies very broadly construed to truly horrible things. But there's a reason why you have a priority stack because you have to make very difficult and painful trade-offs. There is though one, one bit that we talked about, which is this abnormal situation. And when I talked about principles and I talked about policies, the reason why you want principles instead of policies is because you don't want to have a rule about everything, right? Because Mm. if you try to fit Donald Trump tweeting into your rules, your rules are going to quickly become meaningless, right? It's better to have a consistent set of rules that apply to 98% or 99.999% of people on Twitter and just be honest about the fact he's the president, so we treat him different. Mm. Right. Instead of saying it somehow fits in, fits in sort of fits in our rules. But the implication of that is you might do extraordinary things if it's the president's account because it's the president's account. And so the question I am genuinely wrestling with, again, as someone I think has clearly established where I stand on this question of Twitter and Facebook with President Trump is have we reached the point where Twitter and Facebook should actually disable Trump's account. And and again, the reason is because at this point, it is Trump himself that is violating the democracy point. Yeah. He lost. He he one won't accept it, but two is literally inciting violence. Yep. To undo it. And if that is your principal stack, at what point does Number one, actually compel you to do the opposite of what number one has been compelling you to do all along, not because your rules said so, but because you accept the fact we're in such an abnormal situation that we've been in a place where the rules don't apply for a very long time. It's a really good question. And the fact that we're sitting at this juncture and I'm pausing, once upon a time, I wouldn't have paused. I'd just be like, pull the trigger. But uh, we've gone on a journey and you've carried me a little bit on this. And, I'm and now you're pausing. on the opposite side. <laughs> yeah, m- maybe. Like, I, I, and I think the place where I want to start is the, is the reason why not. And um, you, you wrote an article earlier this week about uh, free speech and how you want to be very careful about um, uh, how you want to be very careful about limiting that because who's making determinations around what's okay and what's not. And uh, there are mechanisms still in place, like, and they failed previously, but that's not to say that they shouldn't be reapplied again for Congress or the cabinet to remove the president and the set of circumstances around which they might consider uh, that. Uh, have changed from the last time they considered it. Like, well, not just that. This, the, the reason to do it is because of what he's posting on Twitter, right? And, and right. so, like, that's a, that's a reason where, were that to happen, Twitter would actually be the fact that Twitter wasn't censored would be. It reminds me a little bit also of uh, the New York Times deciding to pull the senator's post when he was talking about deploying troops into uh, to control the rioting from or rioting. I don't even want to use that word. Control the protests from the Black Lives Matter uh, movement earlier this year. And the New York Times decided to pull it. And I was like, hang on. No, like. I'm living in this society and this man is an elected representative, one of 50 in the Senate. I want to know what he thinks. I don't want you censoring him. And the same thing goes for for President Trump. I want to know as a member of society, and I can't vote in the US still. I'm a green card holder, but pay taxes, contribute to the dialogue. I want to know what's being said so I can make an informed decision myself. And there are still mechanisms to deal with it. There's, there's, that, 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 Congress can reconvene and impeach. Um, uh, the cabinet can, can convene and say not fit for office anymore, like, and remove him that way. And on the basis of what he's been saying, and I'm still not at the point yet where I think, um, I would say that he should be banned or they should be removed. But I will say this in these moments of crisis, it is oftentimes brave individuals stepping up. 
um, think of um, uh, it's Ellsford who who uh, Watergate, like just individual actions that end up tipping the balance. And let's not lie about it. So much of Trump's power derives from his following on Twitter and his ability to go direct to an audience. There is a case to be made that Twitter is Twitter pulls the account and then this becomes that becomes the momentum that uh, suddenly he loses a whole bunch of his power and people aren't afraid of him anymore and they start to do what they think. But this doesn't feel like a democratic way of doing it. The democratic way of doing it is he's putting it out there. And everyone sees it and everyone agrees it's wrong or a majority or whatever it takes. And then uh, and we deal with it there. I'm I'm just so nervous effectively of getting to the point. And especially given all the the decisions that uh, that these companies have made, if they've been clear with their principles that democracy is number one and like this is how we're going to make these decisions. And then they come to this point. Oh, this is now no longer in support of democracy. This person is, in our estimation, doing these things and therefore we make this decision. I might have more sympathy for it, but it just feels like one more bowing to pressure right now. And we're just going to do it because like this is the way the tide is turning. I think, I think we still want to go down the route that the founders created w- when the constitution was crafted. They did. They said that you have a vote for president every four years. We did that. Like, that's the thing. Like, we, we the, the, the democracy has spoken. Oh, but there's and, still, and, and, I'm talking about Congress. There's still an opportunity to impeach him on the basis of what he said. Right. And, 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 and this is where perhaps the public private distinction is, is a useful one. Like, Twitter's not throwing Trump in jail, <laughs> right? We're, yep. we're talking about can he continue to sort of tweet and, use a private platform sort of in that way. And I guess the question is, what would it take for you to change your mind? Is there anything that would change your mind? Maybe it's nothing. That's I think that is a valid, intellectually consistent position. But at this point, we have a situation where, number one, we respect the democracy all the way up to the election and, and he lost. We continue to respect the office of the president where he refused to accept that result for for weeks on end. And now we're at the situation where he's inciting violence in our nation's capital to undo the democratic result. Like, does he need to succeed? It, like, if if the if the Congress had decided to undo the electoral college, w- w- would that cross the line? Like, what crosses the line? I mean, or is there again, is there no line to be crossed? I, I, I'm I'm inclined to think that it, it's. Again, if he's broken the law in some way or he's done – if he's no longer upholding his responsibility to the Constitution – Incitement then to violence? A, uh, then why hasn't Congress acted? Why are we relying on a private company in San Francisco, the CEO of a private company in San Francisco, to make the determination to take away a Twitter account in order to, to like, get people to act? Like, if Well, he's here's, done, here's, here's another way to look at it. I went on before about how – we as a society, broadly speaking, need to do the right thing and not just the wiggly thing, right? You need to conflate mm-hmm. the two. Right. Isn't that kind of your argument? Like the legal way to take care of this is for Congress to impeach him. At some point, do you have a moral burden to do the right thing? Isn't isn't the but I, I, I think that is true when it comes to moral and ethics, but when it comes to democratic institutions, the legal thing and the right thing to do are the same thing. And if you want to change that, then you go through the democratic process in order to change it. Now, I hope I'm not being too much of a purist here. No, I actually I, I just wanna I wanna do, I, I think that's a great distinction, right? The whole point of a democracy is they make the laws. So right. to, to, to sort of draw a distinction there uh, is probably a more difficult task for me than, than for you. I think it's a good point. Okay. Yeah, like the legal thing and the right thing to do in a democracy is the same thing. We are not out of options. If we... If... If it got to the point... Like, what's happening in Hong Kong right now? That it feels like a different thing. That feels like de- this. These are companies that are 
uh, they have their flag planted in Western liberal democracies and they are like you want to start uh this doesn't feel like you're upholding the rule of law or the agreement that was made okay yeah you're you're rounding up pro-democracy protesters and charging them like that starts to feel like something i'd be much more comfortable with because there's no other escape valve like what's the escape valve when when i just don't think we're at the point where we need to hit the escape valve yet so, as horrible as it, it is, it, it, yeah. I, th- I I hope our audience gives the benefit of the doubt here. We're we're both horrified by what's going on, and I I think that your point is a good one. It, it as long as there's an escape valve, it's a compelling point. Should they be taking down these specific tweets? I I'm I don't think they should be taking down tweets. I think they should be. I again, I'm comfortable with them reducing the reach. It's this is still the president of the United States. I now go to Twitter and I want to know what the fuss is about. And I don't know what he said. And I am now no longer as a member of a democracy able to make an informed. I am I am limited in my ability to have an informed opinion about what is going on because someone's taking things down. Yeah, I felt the same same way because I woke I I mean I woke up to all this right, and I was talking about this video, and I was like, "Well, the video's gone." (laughs) It's like right, it's kind of a problem because I need to write about it. And and it's still the president, and like they archive all this stuff for a reason. Now, if it's illegal, I mean, the president can still post it on his on the White House website. I yeah maybe I mean, this I mean is, it's not censorship true. like it, it is a fair point that folks make you know it's restricting access to a particular platform like there are plenty of other platforms which by the way the the the, the whole point of that article that the content moderation framework was to explain like you why you need both parts right we talk about you need you need all sides of it the reason you want things further companies further down the stack to not reach up the stack is because that is the escape valve itself for moderation at the appropriate level right as long as you can post on a website and your isp is not going to take it down i have i'm much more okay with twitter or facebook sort of kicking you off right like you don't have a right to twitter or facebook at the same time i do have a big problem with you being cut off at the ISP level because that's cutting you off from the internet completely, right? And I, right. That, 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 that's, a, that's a bigger problem. And in this right. case, that certainly applies. Like the president can still get his message out, I mean, without, without Facebook or Twitter. It, it is true. I mean, and, and like that, it's 100% true. Um, uh, it's th- like that principle of not being cut off at ISP or at the website level is like that. That's a principle of my employer, and that principle, as though as it's uncomfortable and as it is to me sometimes, it's a principle I hold by, and it's part of the reason why I am proud to work there. And you're one hundred percent right. It's like th- he can get things out in other ways, but it's. It it, it it that that's it, it it does feel a little bit like say going back sixty years ago and saying the newspaper is not going to carry him anymore and uh like he can write a letter to everybody you know it's like would you really know to go look on the White House website? Well, that's interesting because I've me and John have talked about this on dithering a little bit too. It, it, like what what are Facebook and Twitter, right? Like, is, there's something new and different. Because you think about this idea, like, they, they've, it, it's weird, because you are they monopolies, right? They are monopolies, but they're monopolies of something they themselves created, yeah. which I think is this sort of reach function. Yes. You know, because, like, yes, there is, like, if you just posted something on a website, it's like the proverbial tree falling and no one's around to hear it, right? Like, there, there is, there is something... And so, yeah, they're not censoring you when you get kicked off of Twitter, but you are really fundamentally injured relative to where you were before if you don't have access to Facebook and Twitter. Yeah, totally. This goes to one of our conversations way back at the start, which is we've gone from a world of scarcity to a world of abundance. And in a world of abundance... Adding adding one more website, people wouldn't even know where to look and to go and to read. And like Facebook and Twitter, through their algorithm and other mechanisms, help cut through that so you can find out the thing that's important right now. I don't know, though. I just go back. I go back to this priority stack, you know, democracy, liberalism, bad policies. And I feel I feel good and comfortable about my arguments for four years that 
he's the president. And as much as you disagree, he's the president. And I just come back to the fact that, look, the way to, the way, the way to deal with it, the way to deal with it is to vote for someone else. And that, that, and that happened. And once that happened, like, I mean, I hate it when people bring this up. And so I apologize in advance for what I'm going to do to you. But it's the whole, you know, tolerance of the intolerance sort of argument, right? At what point do you actually have to hold fast to to your principles? I mean, you always hold fast to your principles, but I I, I think what he did was reprehensible. And, and you're I saying as long, as long as there's as long as Congress ha- can impeach him, then and that's exactly what they should do. They should be they should get uh, that th- those votes from the states counter tonight, and they should not go home. They should impeach him because what he did was a direct assault on democracy. And there again. I, again, the, the the relief that China has provided in terms of a contrast with the United States for me over the past 12 to 24 months has been powerful. They're rounding up pro-democracy folks in China, and we have the president of the United States, like the shining city on the hill, encouraging his supporters to storm the Capitol building. That man is no longer fit for office and should be removed, but that is not that should not happen by virtue of Twitter and Facebook. That should be done through the democratic institutions that have been established. And if Congress won't? Then, then well, we you know, need actually, to change the Congress. Well, well, well here's, here's, here's an example. In that content moderation piece, it was in reaction to your employer. And mm. it was, I believe, storm, Stormfront. There uh, was uh, the, the uh, Daily Stormer. Daily Stormer. Thank you. And where basically Matthew, the Matthew Prince CEO, said something to the effect of, "I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today and took them off the web." And he was being sarcastic, like sardonic, I think is the word, mm. in meaning that we should never be in a situation where someone can wake up on the wrong side right. of the bed and and kick someone off. Yep. But I ultimately justified his decision, and the argument that I made was. What was the highest level of the stack at that point, right? Like where, where, where can like it, it was? You know, the Cloudflare provided basically. Cloudflare was not hosting. Uh, what was it called again? Daily Stormer. Cloudflare was Daily not hosting Stormer. Daily Stormer. It was offering a protection, which anyone could walk up and sign up for. This wasn't like a special sales deal, right? It's a self serve. Mm. You sign up, and it means you can't have a denial of service attack launching your website, which will take your website down. And the basically, if CloudFront withdrew that protection, then other people on the internet would attack the site, and, mm-hmm. and it would be taken down um, right. via that attack. And ultimately, it's like, when you get down to the website level, and this could be the 8chan sort of thing as well, like where the site itself will not act, but it needs to act. Then at that point, does responsibility slide down a level? Right. And I, yeah. I, th- I ultimately said that, yes, it was, it was the part about the piece I was always kind of a little fuzzy about. I think mm. part of it was, frankly, knowing Matthew's principles, like yes. that, that I respected his decision, but it kind of, it kind of applies here, right? If Congress won't act, at, at, is there a point at which responsibility does slide down the stack or not? It's a really good question. So I think a little bit of context on both of those. Daily Stormer, uh, it's a bunch of neo-Nazis. It's not the president. So there's a slight distinction there. And which, is not, which is not, which is more than slight. Like the, the, the Supreme Court, I think this is, I think, oh, Everyone would benefit from understanding Supreme Court First Amendment jurisprudence because mm. all these questions have been worked through, right? Like some speech is more protected than other speech. Like political speech is at the top of the heap, commercial right. speech is at the bottom, and there's lots of sort of levels in between. And there's different tests. There's strict scrutiny. There's 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 uh, like there's different tests you apply, and there's also sort of like exceptions, like the crowded yelling fire in a crowded theater is mm. very famous, right? So there there are there is been a lot of thinking about this. So when you say slight, it's not slight. It is a meaningful I, distinction. I was- I was being <laughs> facetious for the most part, but like uh, your point is absolutely right. Like, look at all these fantastic democratic institutions. 
doing their thing. And then the second one, 8chan, was hosted off in the Philippines and it was outside, if I'm remembering correctly, but it was outside the rule of law. And like there was no other escape valve. There's the first one. So first one, uh, neo-Nazis, uh, all the levels of speech, but it was done in order to precipitate a debate that we felt was lacking. Matthew felt was lacking around. This is really important and we shouldn't be the ones deciding this. I'm going to do this and I'm just going to be blatantly honest about it. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Do you really want us to have this power? Hey, it worked for me. Like I, I actually am really proud of this framework for moderation way of thinking mm. about things. I've referenced it a ton over the last mm. few years and it was 100% precipitated by that decision so it worked it worked for me i i i should uh i should also be grateful for that conversation because that's what got me started talking to cloudflare and and hence where i am but like i i guess a little disappointing that congress well maybe it worked out as it should congress didn't change anything the debate was had Congress didn't change anything. The law of the land stood as it was. 8chan, slightly different. If you're running off and doing this stuff and you're in a lawless domain but having a global impact, we were the part of the stack where like, we could have an influence and the decision was made to do it and was not taken lightly because, again, pulling the plug at the website level, it's like pulling the plug at the electricity level or the paper mill deciding that they don't want to sell you paper. This is not a good part of the stack to be playing these types of games in at all. And so it, it was done very, very thoughtfully. This is still the president. He is still the president. It I, Again, like, it's... It, it, so basically it, your position would be on January 21st, absolutely pull the plug. Oh, uh, if if he keeps tweeting like this, you bet. Like uh, he is no longer the president. He he is just the same as anybody else. Like he's not been voted in. He uh, like out out. And like and this is the this is why I'm such of a fan of impeachment because then he can't even come back as a candidate. He's out yeah. for good. There's no reason to ever hear from this man ever again. And what he has, what he has done to. Again, I, like that David Moss thing around uh, around what's best for democracy as the first principle really stuck with me. And what this man has done to one of the shining light democracies in the world for, for his own ego and whatever else is driving him is nothing short of a travesty. And if I never heard from him again, I'd be happy. But we got to do this right because you make a martyr out of him. Some guy in San Francisco makes a martyr out of him. We're like, it's never going to end. Oh, that reminds me. There's a story today. Classic New York Times. Here's the headline. The storming of Capitol Hill was organized on social media. So, who do you think was to blame? <laughs> well, of course it's the social media companies. No, but which ones? I mean, Twitter and Facebook in particular, right? In fact, the article points out that the th- this was organized on Gab and Parler. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, it's, it's two points. Number one, uh, yeah, very dishonest headline. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Those are social networks. But what do you think of when you see that headline? And I saw lots of people retweeting a tweet with this article, yep. damning Facebook, right? And, the, and actually, as the article does note down at the bottom, oh, most of these people got kicked off of Facebook ages ago. <laughs> so, I, but, but, so one nice bias. Uh, number two, though, this is the problem is that. Yeah. We're dealing with the internet. You can go somewhere yeah. else. And in this case, they actually already did, already have. Mm. And so there's some point where I use the phrase pushing on a string, right? Or you're trying to like mm. filter water, right? Where, where, where it, it's going to go, it's just going to reroute. It's going to go around. And to your point, is that worth the creating a martyr or violating your principles when when in effect, and this is kind of my point last summer, right? Look at the New York Times writing an article criticizing Facebook about this tweet and quoting the tweet twice in the article. It's like you're not actually looking to censor the tweet. You're looking for Facebook and Twitter to make political statements about the tweet, right? Which I'm very comfortable with them not doing <laughs> given their power and, and the lack of accountability. And I think that is a point sort of arguing your case, right? Where – at the end of the day, is is this worth it given what's actually going to be accomplished and what's not going to be accomplished? Right. Uh, yeah. You push them all somewhere else. And I, I don't, I don't think that's the right thing. I, again, like it's, 
this year and like what's happened over the course of this year and i come back to this we have a, a, a an an authoritarian country an authoritarian government even it's not it's not my problem isn't with the country it's with the government rising that that that's on track to become the world's largest economy that's something that hasn't happened in modern times it's it's doing things. It's uh, like the. And to be clear, you're speaking about China because I am speaking about China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's suppressing speech. Like what's happened to Jack Ma? What what's happened to those Hong Kong pro democracy folks? Like, and right now the, their economy is growing so fast. They have handled after a terrible start suppressing this information about COVID-19. They have handled it as an authoritarian country quite well. They appear to be a this stable, fast-growing country where life is normal and People are making decisions around how their governments want to run. And right now, what this man is doing to what is effectively the leading country in the liberal West is is shocking. And those to see uh, those people in that capital just it, it makes me so furious. Like they have no right to be there. We need to sort this out. But I, I don't think like sorting this out at the level of the social networks is the way that the communists would go about doing it. Like they would censor it. They would hide it. They don't want you to see it. And I, I, I don't want to live in that place. Like that's not uh, that's not in line with our principles. That's not how you have a democracy. It's not liberalism. And I don't think that's the path we should go down. And please don't for one second believe that has anything to do with me supporting or at all having anything positive about what Trump has done. I have none of it, but we've got to do this the right way. That's what separates us from them. I think that's, I think um, that's the final word. I don't have anything else to add. I'll figure out what to write tomorrow. (laughs) I don't envy you that any day of the week, but I especially don't envy you that particularly right now, thinking about this tomorrow. Um, as is always the case, I'm sure. Um, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of eyes on you and are interested to what you have to say. And as it always is, I'm sure it'll be pretty good. Well, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, I, uh, this was actually very helpful. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, guess, I enjoyed I, well, the conversation. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll let people listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, happy 2021. So much for that all being left in the rear vision mirror, huh? Yeah, well, uh, uh, uh. 24 hours later. Hi again, James. <laughs> this is this is new. Uh, h- how are you, Ben? Uh, well, similar to yesterday. Uh, well, I, I mean, the decision has been made. I, I did my writing. So mm. to, just to refresh our listeners' memory, we recorded the first part of this episode that you just listened to on Wednesday night U.S. time. We are now recording this on Thursday night U.S. time for a Friday morning posting. Yep. And in the intervening time, I wrote an article on Stratechery that we debated what I was going to write, and I ultimately decided to write that uh, Twitter and, by extension, Facebook should suspend President Donald Trump's accounts, which was not what you endorsed, but uh, but, I, but our conversation was super helpful and helped me mm. get to that point. I guess that the, the burning question is, what what made you change your oh well i don't know it was so much change your mind as it felt like perhaps we arrived at that conclusion but something must have tipped you in the other direction well you definitely arrived at that conclusion i and i was kind of going with you and what happened was i originally put those principles down you know that i talked about we talked about in the in the you know, first part of this podcast which is number 1 liberalism is inviolable inviolable <laughs> Two, democracy must be respected. Three, bad policies should be opposed. And you made a good persuasive case in the middle of that podcast that actually democracy is number one. And I kind of like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And what happened was I went back afterwards like, like, no, I actually put those in that order for a reason. And I think the order that you propose where democracy is number one and liberalism sort of number two, and we, you know, they kind of go together, so it's mm. kind of hard to tear them apart. But I, I think that's a very valid place to look at this, and I don't, think, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. But I went back and thought about, for me, what is it about this takeaway that we came out of that podcast? It didn't feel quite right to me. And it came back to this point. At the end of the day, I believe that – 
democracy is rooted in free people, in people who are free to think what they want, to say what they want, to associate with what they want, to do what they want. And when you get to that point, income, there's a responsibility that comes with that, an accountability, which is to do the right thing when it becomes your time to do the right thing. And if you take that frame, that applies to me, that applies to you, and it applies to Jack Dorsey, and it applies to Mark Zuckerberg. And yes, they absolutely have this incredible power that we absolutely should have a debate, and hopefully this will prompt that debate. But you walk through all the other reasoning. Where are we at the stack? We're about publishing on Facebook and Twitter. We're not about a website somewhere else. The president can post his website all he wants, right? And Facebook and Twitter should distribute the links to that. Absolutely. We're talking about publishing right on their platforms. We are talking about posts that are definitely violating the question of democracy. And just as much as anyone has a right to speak and the president should the office of the presidency should be respected in terms of policy questions. But when you move up that stack, Facebook and Twitter, liberalism applies to them as well. And they have the freedom to act. And in this case, if they think it's the right thing to do, and I do think it's the right thing to do, they can and should. And that's basically where I can. It was very, it was actually so close. I actually wrote two conclusions. <laughs> I wrote one that mm. agreed with you and I wrote one that agreed with me that I ultimately posted. And that's basically what it came down to. It was very, very close. But when you feel like it's it's yeah. your responsibility at your spot, you do have that freedom to act. And there is an accountability that comes with freedom. And I think that that came to bear in this case. I mean, I, it is it is one of these things where you've got to go with your gut, go with your heart on this stuff. So I, I absolutely respect you for it. I um. Well, and just, I mean, just to be clear, that's really what did what it come down to. Cause it, it, it would actually, I could make a, I really felt I could make a principled argument in either direction. And it kind of did come to this one, like, which one is first, one or two, right? And I kind of went back, like, I put that order in 2016 for a reason. And actually, I think that's the order that stands for me, even as I could see crystal clear why someone would have it flipped and I could see your point of view. But that yeah. just, for me, that's where it was. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. It's funny in um in in reading what you wrote, it then caused me to go away and think further about it and like the the broader context of these principles. And I I I, uh, I and I'm very sympathetic to <laughs> what you wrote. Um, and so I want to be careful that I'm not just digging in for the sake of digging in. Oh no! But by it, all means, by all means, go ahead. Um. It, it feels like to me part of the reason we're in this morass in the first place is because democracy hasn't been the priority. It's been liberalism. We've allowed uh, the rights of companies and these individuals to be the number one thing where I feel like in a properly functioning democracy, we wouldn't have had so much power concentrated in the hands of these uh, in these companies in effectively like let's be very clear what these things come down to they are decisions that are made by mark zuckerberg and jack dorsey and that feels like that that feels like something's broken and at the point at which you have got um the point at which you have got so much power amassed in individual institutions and individuals like this it starts to be this doesn't just feel like it's it's random company X, like, like I think it's Simon and Schuster has been reported to have pulled Senator, uh, one of the senator's book deals, who was associated with all this supporting Trump. Yeah, Josh Hawley. yeah, like that. That like this is not just random company X. This almost feels like it's important to the level of public utility because it's amassed so much power, and at that point, it, it, it just the whole thing feels broken. Um, and it's, I, I, I just want to I just wanted to step in and say it, that's a phenomenal argument, right? Like, I, and I what I appreciate appreciate about it is like it's there's nothing for me to say to that in part because if you follow through from what you just articulated, that it follows through perfectly your argument yesterday that they absolutely should not because we need to get back to 
democracy is the priority for you, and we need to act like it's, that's the priority generally. Mm, right. And so I just like I ultimately, and I think it's a great critique. And now I am going to go back and think about it. I don't think we're going to have a part three of this podcast, <laughs> but but it's it's. I just want to. It's a great point. It's a really good point, and it's super thought provoking. Yeah, it's. uh, I mean, this is the fun part about these dialogues, right? This is the fun part about uh, putting these uh, uh, again a journey like this and being able to be in a position where you're able to have a conversation about difficult things and exchange of ideas. And it it was the back and forth on the podcast and then reading what you've wrote and then going back and forcing me to reflect further. And it's just like, I don't know, this is the fun part about the podcast. Just like put, put, put it's almost like the principles then battle each other out in an, in an idea of arguments. And I, I think that's a, a wonderful thing. It's, a, I guess, a shame a little bit about the circumstances, but yeah, this is why I enjoy doing this so much. Well, last time we had a podcast because you wrote something, so maybe this time a podcast is going to prompt you to write something. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps that <laughs> uh, a subtle hint there. I, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I do like this idea of drawing a string because I think the point about the shift away from democracy to liberalism. Like it, it's kind of like an arrow to the heart, right? It's like, yeah, yeah there might be, there might be something to that. And it's funny because the fact it's an arrow to the heart actually makes me feel even better about what I wrote because it's an arrow to the heart because that's what I believe. I, I do believe sort of in like liberalism as the foundation of democracy. And maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe like we do need democracy first and liberalism that flows from that and maybe i i, I do have a backwards uh, i i don't know i'm not i'm not giving you the background yet <laughs> i'm just saying you've articulated it well enough that i can definitely see the edges of my argument and now yeah, it's well, it, it, well, here we are wow nothing for Very december well, and then and then doubling up in a in a unusual way here in january that, that's, there we go there we go you know i I want to thank you because I ultimately, again, we came to different conclusions on this, but I felt what I wrote was about as fully thought through as it could be because we talked about it first. So uh, thank you for that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, if it wasn't immediately clear, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope it's fun to listen to as well. Well, very good. Well, we will we will get back together soon and uh, I look good. forward to talking to you then. All right. See you, mate. All right. Bye-bye.